hello everyone and after a month-long hiatus welcome back to blood and guts has it been a month it's been three weeks Hmm. so almost a month you know it feels like it's been an hour (laughs) yeah um for anyone who follows the show you probably noticed we haven't uploaded in like three weeks um and that's on me you can blame me (laughs) Um, I had some family come in and then I was absolutely overloaded with schoolwork and there was just absolutely no way we could record something and it be good quality, um, quality content. So we decided, you know, just push it off until we have time and we're into it and we can do it and we're not stressed. Um, and now is that time. So welcome back, everyone. Um, we're coming back with a extremely disheartening case this Yay. case is yeah this case is brutal um we are covering today the murder of james bulger now this happened fairly recently this happened in 93 um and this one i've heard some podcasts won't even cover this case because it's so brutal um So heads up, before we start talking about it, this involves children. It involves only children. Um, So if you're not cool with children-related crimes and also sexual assault against children, I would recommend that you um, tune out for this episode and um, make it a whole month hiatus for you from Bloody Guts. Um, so let's get started. So, um, James Patrick Bulger was born March 16th, 1990 in Kirkby, Merseyside, England. And I think England just has the best names for everything. He was born to Denise and Ralph Bulger. He was described as a pretty normal two-year-old who loved to play. He had a really funny sense of humor for his age. Um, he would just call his father Ralph because he heard everyone else say it he would just be like ralph can you get me can you get me like some water and i just think that'd be really funny to hear a tiny little english child say call his dad by his name <laughs> he had um brown hair and a reported he had brown hair and a very beautiful smile his mom described him as a character as he was always laughing and smiling and very charismatic um so he sounds like an overall great kid um but unfortunately he didn't get to um continue to be this great kid for very long because um on february 12th 1993 CCTV footage at the New Strand Shopping Center in Bootle, Bootle, England, outside <laughs> Liverpool. I don't know how Bootle's pronounced. Um, uh, so CCTV footage at this shopping center in England outside Liverpool showed two boys who had skipped school, stealing things from shops, including candy, a troll doll, batteries, and a can of blue paint. I don't. I can understand candy and a troll doll, but I can't understand what a child would have use for of batteries and a can of blue paint. You know, I can't even reason with the troll doll. That's even a little much. <laughs> um, yeah, true. <laughs> troll dolls are scary. Um, and these are, like, not the troll dolls from, like, the movie Trolls Now. These are, like, the troll dolls with, like, the crazy hair and, like, the big noses that go on, like, the top of your pencils, I'm assuming. <sighs> It's also England, so maybe it's not bad at all. Never mind. (laughs) Too much. I feel like they're like you. Okay, so I'm gonna make an analogy, perhaps. So I feel like the whole like Krampus Santa relationship is the same thing as garden gnomes and troll dolls. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Krampus in color. I can see that analogy. Coming to theaters near you. <laughs> Coming to theaters near you. Krampus it's a sequel to the first Krampus movie. Um, no, it's actually a sequel to um, Nomeo and Juliet. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I never saw Sherlock Gnomes, just as a aside. But I saw Nomeo and Juliet. We're living it. Was... it. We are Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> um, okay. So, back to seriousness. Um, The police would later say that they were observing children and picking a target. 
um, the boys later revealed that um, they had gone to the shopping center specifically to find a child to abduct, lead them to a road, and push them into oncoming traffic. So remember, again, these are children, two boys. Um, I'm going to mention, oh, they're both 10-year-olds. And they went to a store to pick a child to push into the road. I feel like regardless, there has never been like a 10-year-old that I trust. I mean, I just, I don't understand how a child can have that mindset at such a young age. Like, where do they even get the idea of that? And we're going to talk about their backstories. And there's really nothing, nothing too extremely traumatizing. Yeah, especially because um, I feel like that's of course, like... That's, like, two levels up. Like, I feel like normal level is, like, learning that you could set an ant on fire with, like, a magnifying glass. And then there's, like, the kids who, like, might slightly torture, like, a squirrel, rabbit, or cat. And then you get to, like, people. Like, I feel like this is already two solid fat levels worse than it should be. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm obviously not speaking for – I'm obviously not trying to tell you that – this trauma constitutes this or whatever. No, I'm just saying that I have no idea how a child can even think this way at this young. Um, so that day, two-year-old James Bulger was at the shopping center with his mom, Denise. Um, while she was shopping at around 3.40 p.m. in a butcher shop, she realized that James was missing. At 3.42 p.m., security footage showed the same two boys, 10-year-olds, Robert Thompson and John Venables, taking James by the hand and leading him out of the shopping center. And let me tell you, I, I, I don't know if the CCTV footage as a video is out on the internet, but there are pictures of it and it is extremely chilling. There's one picture in particular that literally makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Um, so once the CCTV images were released to the media... Bulger's father, Ralph, said he looked at Denise and said, um, this killed me, quote, he's going to be all right, Denise. He's with two young kids. He's going to be all right. <sighs> at this point, police were working against the clock because, as you probably know, if you're listening to a true crime podcast, um, regarding child deductions you do not have a lot of time at all um they you they have a 24-hour window um and if you it's said that if you don't find a child within 24 hours it is very or is it 48 hours 24 it might be uh i don't know about children i feel like generally it's 48 hours for like uh, but, for, for quote-unquote real people i don't yeah, there's a certain time frame with children, and now I'm second guessing if it's 24 hours, um, that you are very, it is very unlikely you will find them alive after a certain amount of time. Um, so uh, they held a press conference with James's parents. They pleaded for anyone with any information or the people who took James to return James home. This was actually not the first child that these two boys had tried to abduct that day. In a store, a woman noticed them trying to get her kid's attention, and seconds later, her three-year-old daughter and two-year-old son were missing. She found her daughter, and when she asked where her brother was, she said that he had gone outside with the boy. When she went outside, she saw John and Robert coaxing this child to come with them, but when they saw his mother, they told him to go back to her. Can Can you imagine being that mother? And seeing what happened later on. I haven't told you what really happens later on, but we can assume that this a murder occurs. Can you imagine thinking that was that your child was almost in that situation? Yeah, I mean it's I know what happens, but that would I yeah. feel like that would be worse, like regard like no matter what the outcome was, I feel like that's always one of those that like horrified. You would know. never you would never let your kids out of your sight again. Yeah, I feel like you would never trust anyone with your children except yourself. That elicits like the same response as like the people who break into other people's homes, not to like take anything, but just to like leave something, just to let people know that like they're not safe. Ugh, like I feel like oh that's the same like gut reaction of like I wouldn't yeah, like, like, I wouldn't have even known. 
yeah like daniel laplante that greasy rat of that oh my god yeah like those are both like absolute horrifying to me (laughs) yeah so james was taken to the leeds and liverpool canal which is about a quarter of a mile from the shopping center during the two and a half mile walk people had noticed this happening and saw the boys leading james away but didn't do anything let me repeat that for all of you 38 people saw this happening and didn't do anything now i can i can see two sides to this story okay you're thinking that is a boy with that is a small boy with other children obviously children aren't going to do anything terrible but children regardless walking alone in a huge city like liverpool has got to raise some alarm bells like, why did no one step in? You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I can see both sides of the story, but it's, I, but I guess knowing what happens, it's like, of course, why wouldn't you step in? Um, so two people, well, okay. Two people asked the boys what they were doing, but they said something along the lines of James was their brother or that he was lost and they were taking him to the police station and the adults didn't press any further. Um, okay. So this tells us two things. One, absolutely premeditated, 100% premeditated. I don't want to hear the argument that it's not premeditated. Number two, an adult willingly let children lead another child to a police station and didn't think, oh, that's weird. I'm an adult. I should take them. A police station is an adult building. You know what I mean? Like, it's infuriating. Any, like, the, the, the stupid bystander effect is infuriating. Yeah. Yeah. An eyewitness, <laughs> an eyewitness said during the trial that he saw James at the canal crying his eyes out. At one point, the boys took James into a pet shop where they were thrown out by the owner. So multiple people had actually not only seen, but interacted with these boys and nothing happened. It's, it makes me want to pull out my hair. Okay. So, um... James was then led to the Leeds and Liverpool Canal and dropped on his head and suffered injuries to his face. The boys also joked about pushing him into the canal. Eventually, they ended up in Walton Village with the Walton Lane Police Station across from them. Um, They hesitated but led James up a bank to a railway line. Okay, so this, um, I know I said a trigger warning earlier, but this is where it gets absolutely, um, really, really gnarly. So um, if you want to tune out, tune out now. Um, The boys then threw the blue humbrel modeling paint they had stole earlier into James's left eye. They kicked him, stamped on him, and threw bricks and stones on him. Batteries were placed in James's mouth, and according to police, some may have also been inserted into his anus, although none were found there. The boys then dropped a 22-pound railway fish plate, which is essentially an iron bar, on James, which resulted in 10 skull fractures. Alan Williams, the case pathologist, stated that there were so many injuries, um, 42 altogether, that none could be isolated as the fatal blow which it's nauseating so thompson and venables then laid james across the the railway tracks and weighted his head down with rubble to make it look like a train hit him in an accident again 100 percent premeditated they are showing clear intention they are showing knowledge of what they did And they're trying to cover it up. So after they left the scene, James's body was unfortunately cut in half by a train. He was found by children playing nearby two days later on February 14th. So this case involves a lot of children and it's awful. 
A forensic pathologist testified that James had died before he was struck by the train. Police suspected that there was a sexual element to the crimes since James's shoes, socks, trousers, and underwear had been removed. Can you, like, they're, ch- they're children. They're children. How do they know these things? Like, how did, how can they even understand what they're doing? Like, I, like your brain isn't even developed fully at that point in your life. So it's like, how are they just going based on, I hate to say it, but like urges and like, could, could these urges have been helped? Could they have been stopped? It's awful. Okay, so um, the pathologist's report also stated that Bulger's foreskin had been forcibly pulled back. I Let's just move on. Um, so, investigation. Um, the CCTV footage showed that the abductors were way too small to be teenagers because originally they were looking for teenagers, um, but, they were like, but it, the police were like... Um, no, we're actually looking for kids. So at, at this point, they realized that these were way too small, way too young to be teenagers. The case reached a breakthrough when a woman saw an enhanced picture of John Venables and identified him. And if you've seen the CCTV footage, it's pretty, pretty crappy quality. So um, props on this woman for identifying this guy. She knew that both him and Thompson had skipped school that day. So she called the police and they were arrested. Which, honestly, props to this woman. Okay, so let's go back a bit. Let's talk about um, the offenders. So Robert Thompson, he lived in Walton with his mother and two younger brothers. He also had four older brothers, but none of them lived in the Walton house at the time. Robert's father was believed to be incredibly abusive towards their mother and the kids. Um, they, the kids all saw this. He eventually left the family to leave with a woman he had an affair with on a family vacation. So fantastic human. After his father left, it was a big strain on his mother who turned to alcohol. Seven weeks after their father left, the house that they lived in was burnt to the ground. So nothing good is going for this family. The kids and their mother ended up living in a homeless shelter for two months before moving back into an extremely small house. All of the boys started acting out and turning on each other. They missed a lot of school, and the older brothers would sometimes even bully the younger ones into skipping school. One school year, Robert missed 49 out of 150 school days, which which kind of doesn't seem like a lot. But if you think about it in like a school perspective and how many lessons you're missing, that's a big toll. Robert was known to shoplift items for his brothers and mother as well as himself, Um, And there was an instance where Robert's younger brother was found wandering by himself near the same shopping center James was abducted in. When someone asked what was wrong, he said Robert and a friend had taken him there, kicked him to the ground, and left him by himself while the two of them left to go home. Like, so that's, 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 it's, I'm, I'm laughing out of just pure like like shock and just uncomfortable laughter right now like it's that's such a intense parallel it's like oh my god okay um now uh, according to um what am i gonna say john venables yes i just completely lost my train of thought there John Venables, let's talk about him right now. Um, He came from a pretty traditional family. He was one of three siblings with an older brother and a younger sister. Both of his siblings had learning disabilities, but John didn't. This led to John feeling a bit neglected due to the intense amount of care that his siblings needed, which is um, understandable. When he was one year old, his grandfather died, which left his grandmother alone. This was another person on his mom's plate to take care of that wasn't him. So that's just more attention being taken from him. She packed up the family and moved in with her mom. John's father didn't end up moving in with them and got a place of his own. They eventually ended up moving into a different house where John and his siblings were severely bullied by neighborhood kids. 
His teachers described him as an attention seeker who was constantly acting out. He at one point tried to strangle another kid with a ruler, which resulted in suspension. <laughs> I, I just had to uh, figure out how that would work. So in my head, I was like, those don't bend, but I, yeah. bend. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> You don't. Are you sure? It's me literally holding my arms out in front of me, just like, like I'm holding a pretend ruler and then I'm bending it. And I was like, "Mm, are you sure? But I, I understand. I have a a brain. (laughs) Well, it's also like suspension. Like just suspension for trying to literally strangle another child. You're not going to send him to like a therapist or anything. Um, I don't know. Look, mommy issues, rough. Yeah. His, well, his mother, speaking of his mother, kept him away from school for much longer than the suspension, um, 10 weeks as her own personal punishment. Gross. Because he missed so much school, he had to transfer and get held back, which ended up putting him in the same grade as Robert. Now, Robert and John were arrested separately. The detective assigned to Robert said that he was let into the house by Robert's mother, who he explained the situation to. He also met Robert's younger brother, who told the detective he was not only aware of the murder, but that he and Robert had actually taken flowers to the site. So him and Robert had taken flowers to the site where he murdered a child. And I hate to say it, but I wonder if that's one of those weird, like, killers going back to their murder sites. And I don't like to apply serial killer standards to these kids, but it's like, we're showing the same signs here. You know? That's fair, yeah. Yeah. So, when he arrested Robert, he said that Robert burst into crocodile tears um, and just sort of, you could tell they were fake. The detective assigned to John was let in by John's mother who called for him. John was stood at the top of the stairs kind of looking down at him. They were taken to separate police stations for questioning. Detectives described them as incredibly small, so much that they thought they got the they got the case wrong. Like they thought, like these guys can't couldn't have done it. They're tiny. They're children. Investigators said nothing was off. The boys seemed normal and polite. They were interviewed over three days. The interviewers made sure to ask the boys if they knew why they were there and if they knew the difference between right and wrong. Robert said that murdering James was indeed wrong. When authorities asked John, um, I made a typo and I can't understand what the typo is saying. When authorities asked John, like, I'm assuming what he was doing when James was abducted, he said he was at, oh, when authorities asked John where he was when um, James was abducted, he said he was at the mall and also admitted to seeing him. In Robert's second interview, he said the same thing. Robert slipped up by explaining in detail what James was wearing, which was a big red flag for the detectives. In John's interview, he asked if it was possible to detect fingerprints from someone's skin, which was also a red flag for the detectives. So it's like you have these you have these kids doing this unspeakable act, but there's also moments like this where they clearly don't understand how forensics works and asking them like can you can you take fingerprints from this or so and so and it's like you and it's like you there's opposite ends of the spectrum where you want to defend a child but you also want to persecute a murderer so on february 19th robert admitted to taking james from the mall and to the train tracks where john started throwing paint at him he said while this was happening james was crying and screaming for his mother They immediately blamed each other and said the other told him to do it. Robert put everything on John by saying, yes, he was a part in taking James from the mall, but he left after they got to the train tracks. Um, Controversially, is that a a word that I can use? Contrarily? Conversely? Conversely. God, I can speak. Okay. Perhaps. (laughs) Conversely. Conversely, John said it was Robert's idea to kill James, but Robert said that he told John to take James back. 
So they're sitting there turning on each other. They clearly know what they did was wrong if they're trying to shift the blame onto other people. So, but where was I? Okay, so John said, quote, we went outside to the canal. He said, let's throw him in the water. And Robert said, quote, John threw a brick at James's face. Forensic tests confirmed that the boys had the same blue paint on their clothes as was found on James's body. A pattern of bruising on James's cheek matched the features of the upper part of Thompson's shoe. So basically what that says is that um, he was kicked. A paint mark in the toe cap of one of the Venable's shoes, um, one of the Venable's, in one of Venable's shoes indicated that there must have been force used when he kicked Bulger. Both had blood on their shoes, the blood on Thompson's shoes matching James's DNA. Thompson reportedly asked police whether James had been taken to the hospital to, quote, get him alive again. these i just this case is so hard because these children they murdered someone but they themselves are children it's like where do you stand like where do you stand morally on this case i mean obviously i i completely stand with james and i could stand against these kids but again they are children they're all children so on February 20th, 1993, they were charged with the abduction and murder of James Bulger. If they were a few months older, um, they couldn't have been tried for murder. Or no, sorry. Um, I need to literally proofread my notes. Um, so <laughs> so I, I'm, think, I think, I'm thinking if they were a few months younger... They couldn't have been tried for murder, but at 10, they were tried as adults. So they appeared at South Sefton Court on February 22nd, 1993, where they were remanded in custody to await trial. After their arrest, they were only referred to as Child A and Child B in the media. And this was this was huge and very important. Awaiting trial, they were held in secure units where they would eventually be sentenced to be detained indefinitely. They were referred to, um, they, their names were left out of the media because people went crazy about this case. If you watch, I watched the, um, the 60 Minutes segment um, on this case, and there were riots in the streets. People were getting defeated. Fights. People were trying to literally attack the van that these kids were in to, to get at him. They were so outraged. They went just absolutely crazy outside the courthouse. Anyone who was remotely accused had to eventually move out of the country following death threats from vigilantes. Officials said that they really didn't see any remorse or any acknowledgement from the boys about what they had done during this entire period of time. The full trial opened at Preston Crown Court on November 1st, 1993. Both boys entered pleas of not guilty and continued to blame the other. The kids were in the docks away from their parents as they denied the charges of murder, abduction, and attempted abduction from um, the earlier case when they tried to abduct the boy that wasn't James. Each boy sat in view of the um, sat in view of the court on raised chairs accompanied by two social workers. There were arguments that it wasn't a fair trial and they couldn't be tried as adults, and they said they can't be held legally responsible for their actions. However, Thompson and Venables were considered by the court to be capable of mischievous discretion, which means that they had the ability to act with criminal intent as they were mature enough to understand that they, that they were doing something wrong, which makes perfect sense to me. Neither Thompson or Venable spoke during the trial, and the case against them was based on the over 20 hours of tape-recorded interviews which were played back in court. And um, uh, a lot of these tapes were are in the 60 Minutes documentary that I watched. Thompson was considered to have taken the leading role in the abduction process. He had convinced John to skip school with him that day to go to the Malta shoplift, and after getting bored, suggested to John to take a kid. 
However, Venables was the one who had the idea to take James to the railway line. He later described that Bulger liked him as he allowed him to hold his hand and even pick him up. Lawrence Lee, the solicitor of Venables during the trial, said that John was one of the most frightening kids he had ever seen, and that after appearing in court, he would take his clothes off, saying, quote, I can smell James like a baby smell. Now, I don't really know what that means, but the fact that John literally took his clothes off after court, saying he can smell James, is unbelievable to me. The prosecution admitted multiple exhibits during the trial, including a box of 27 bricks, a bloodstained shoe, Bulger's underwear, and a rusty iron bar or fish plate. The pathologist spent a half hour describing the injuries on James, many of which had been inflicted on his legs after he had been stripped. He had extensive brain damage, including a hemorrhage. I think it's different. I think that's different from a hemorrhage, um, but I pronounced it the way I did. Deal with it. Um, (laughs) The trial lasted 17 days and the jury deliberated for six hours. Both Robert. Yeah, that's that's not a long time at all. Both Robert and John were deemed guilty of all charges on November 24th. After the trial, the judge made the decision to release the boys' real names and school pictures so the public could know. Quote, I did this because the public interest overrode the interests of the defendants. There was a need for an informed public debate on crimes committed by young children. Now, it is at this point in my presentation that I ask you if you agree with this. The releasing of. The yeah, the releasing, releasing of their names. Oh, pictures. yeah. 100%. Why? I mean, why not? <laughs> Any... I. I don't know. Because at least in this scenario, like everyone left has the capability to legally change their names and move away if the correlation is too much. With well, having foreshadowing. I don't know. Because I feel like it definitely made the public reaction. I don't know if it made it better or worse that they were originally kept anonymous. Because I feel like that goes either way. Because either it's going to be the one specific family that has the potential to be, like, harassed. Or... And, like, everyone is just trying to eat up dirt on everyone. So it's either that one family gets harassed whose kid actually did it, or another family who also happens to have a child the same age, and the public's like, oh, your Billy did this, huh? Like, yeah, I'm gonna go kick your child because he deserved, like, I don't know. <laughs> That's not as I also feel like, I feel like when when you commit the act of murder you don't get to have privacy anymore and that goes for anyone that i don't care if you were a child i don't care if you're the freaking golden state killer who was a million years old you don't get to have privacy anymore yeah i that's that's another thing i feel like there's always the debate between like privacy and the public but i feel like once something this terrible happens Mm -hmm. that's a right that you lose yeah exactly and we're going to talk more about this later because um um spoiler alert they do end up getting out of prison so we're going to talk about more about this debate later so the boys were now 11 at the time of the sentencing they the judge ordered both boys to serve eight years in juvie this was a devastating blow to Denise, um, James's mom, who fought to raise the sentence and won. So good on you, Denise. They ended up doing 15 years minimum. These 15 years were given by the government and not criminal lawyers who um, was argued that they should they have no place giving that sentence. Um, and the sentence was brought back down to 10 years. So Denise, Denise did get them a higher sentence, but due to some technical, like legal, legal technicalities, um, it was 10 years. 
So incarceration, Robert Thompson was held at the Barton Moss Secure Care Center in Manchester. John Venables was detained in Very House in St. Helens on Merseyside. The location of their detention was not released to the public until after they were released to ensure their safety. Their parents visited them frequently. Um, They received one-on-one education while they were incarcerated, which was a huge debate as it was very expensive. So this is kind of going back to like Carla Homoka as she was in like a real cushy facility after she was, you know, charged with murder and rape and all of these things. And it's like, they shouldn't get these privileges. Well, I, this is different. This is different. Uh, They obviously do need to get an education. Well, because I feel like the potential for any kind of future remorse or the closest people are able to get to rehabilitation is easier when you start with someone younger. True. So. True. I agree with that. Once again, it was not my tax dollars that paid for this. So I, whatever, like my opinion doesn't count for anything. I'm also not an adult in England, so. (laughs) (laughs) it also doesn't count but like so in that case the education seems smart and also a very reasonable way to deter that side of like the public opinion on the case who are like but they're children like okay so they're doing school like they also they also committed murder what about that but yeah so i feel like that's a good compromise but well let me tell you this they were both given rooms with tvs in them with video games and movies as well as good food and 24-hour supervision to ensure their safety what do you think about that i knew that's where you're gonna go after this yeah i feel they were video games no movies only if you could make like a reasonable educational excuse yeah. To do it. Like, feel free to show them the movie, but they better have to turn in, like, a 15-page paper <laughs> about, about why why it's important to be a stand-up citizen in society. Like, yeah. if you're about to turn on, like, an animated film, I'm gonna bust that TV off myself. Like, no. Yeah. They were actually allowed outside the unit completely, Robert being allowed outside of the unit within a year of being there. Um, Both of them suffered from PTSD and John suffered nightmares and flashbacks. Good. In night. Yeah, in 1999, the European court ruled that their original 1993 trial was not impartial and it was reviewed. The review determined that the boys were going to be released a lot sooner than anticipated, unfortunately. In June 2001, the parole board ruled the boys were no longer a threat, which people were rightfully pissed about. When they were released, they were given new identities in a completely new location. They were prohibited from contacting each other if they ever found the other's identity, as well as James Bulger's family, and were prohibited from being in the Merseyside area again, which I think, yes, that's perfect. Do that. Curfews were imposed on them, and they must report to probation officers in the month. Or, <laughs> I run on sentence. So they had curfews, and they obviously had to report to probation officers. In the months after the trial, Ralph and Denise unfortunately divorced in 1995 after the birth of their second son. Yeah. Um, James is, yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like that. that's very easily a situation of yeah. we have to make James too, but that's not enough to keep it together. Yeah. And I I feel I feel so bad. In a lot of cases, parents whose children have died, they get divorced, they fall out of love with the world, and it's so incredibly sad. Yeah, I really feel for that. Yeah. So James's parents fought a lot to have these boys' identities revealed because they believed that they didn't deserve the right to privacy they were getting. I agree. Denise married uh, Stuart Fergus, and they have two sons together. Ralph also married and has three daughters with his second wife. Now, you want to you want, you know something so funny? <laughs> Nine years after Robert and John were released... John Venables reoffended and was arrested. Wow. 
Yeah. What did he do? You know what he was arrested? I don't remember. You know, yeah, you know what he was arrested for? 57 indecent images of children were found on his computer over a 12-month period. He pled, yeah, he pled guilty and was sentenced to two years in prison. During the trial, it was revealed that he had actually been violating probation the entire time by going out past curfew and visiting the area five minutes away from where Denise lived, which, of course, made her very upset. And so would I. You you don't know what these boys look like nowadays. You don't know their names. What if you talked to them? What if you saw them? What if you made eye contact with them? What if you smiled at them? Yeah, respectfully, I would have dipped. Like, like I don't, it's time. I also it's time to start over in a different state. We're yeah. also gonna get or a name t- change. Um, yeah, I would definitely move out of Liverpool or wherever they were at that time. I just, I probably couldn't even no, bear to be would, there anymore. I would immediately move. Do you know, yeah. like, if when they were originally released, like, how old do you, do you have to be to make like a sex offender list? Like, do you have? To I be, don't know. Like a legal adult no i doubt list. it because well i also i doubt it but i also don't know the rules in i England. don't either but i i don't know if like this was a thing that was a part of their like conditions of release but like reading about it i don't remember seeing it but i always thought that it was very odd that there wasn't like something put in place that's like hey like you're not allowed within x feet of a stool yeah but it was also like also playing devil's advocate here for a second well i don't i don't even want to say that because i don't want to play advocate to anyone in this case um but you think about it he was a child when that happened and i don't think the murder of james would be considered a sexual crime even though there were sexual elements to it so it's like would he be put on a list at all here let's see he would definitely be there were sexual elements and when they were arrested they were both what 10 yeah, they maybe were like 10, 11. eleven by the time, and then they were they were held until they were twenty, twenty one. They were held for roughly ten, 10 years, years, so twenty twenty one. I feel like, regardless of whether they made the list or not, I'd be like, you know what? There's no reason why you would be near one, anyways. You don't have kids. If you have a kid, we'll revisit this rule. But until then, don't go near a school. Yeah. And also, um, sterilize child murderers. That's just all that I have to say. You know, yes. I don't care if you're upset about it. No person like this should ever get to have children. Looking at you, Carla Hamoka. We always, <laughs> yeah. we always have to look I at always her. bring her up because I literally have a personal vendetta against her. And if I see her, it will be on site. All right. So regardless of whether he was, he, he's on the sex offender list now. We know this. So John also on two different occasions revealed his identity he probably thought he was he like Batman. You know, he's probably yeah. like, surprise. <laughs> surprise, I'm John Venables. I murdered a child. Yeah. It's it like, probably, ew! probably got the point where he was like, all right, I really have to step it up with my traumatic backstory. What's something that I could say that no one, that would set me apart? What makes me unique? You know what? I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not sure. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe someone else has had a similar experience, but. Oh my God. Imagine one of the times well... like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly how you feel. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> this made me laugh. I don't mean to make light of this situation, but I love making fun of murderers. So John, so um, he revealed his identity, and because of this, he had to be given an entire new one in 2011, and he was kept in prison until 2013. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Always. February 2018, pleaded guilty again to another possession of child porn. <laughs> Who keeps letting this man out? Who keeps letting him out? Who just let him out? What are you? Who keeps giving this man stuff? Who keeps giving this man child pornography? 
Yes. <laughs> oh my God. What? 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 How does this happen? Here, not even How that. does this happen? What makes you think that in two years, 24 months, he's going to walk out and be like, oh, I've, been, I've been cleansed. I'm healed. I, like... I'm definitely not going to go on my on onto the dark web and find exactly what I got in trouble for looking at <laughs> first time. Two years? Two years is nothing. That's how much education oh he probably got total before he went to prison. He okay, he admitted to this is these are huge numbers. 392 category A images. 148 category b images and 630 category c images i don't know what constitute what constitutes what category but i'm assuming you you, i'm you can assume for yourself what categories it's like when people talk about bases like you have a general understanding yeah and not not that's yeah were they like i'm assuming digital right what did you say? I'm assuming it was digital. I, I am also assuming but that. I don't know if that's... Oh. Well, yeah, because he admitted to it on his computer before. Thank so you. I'm assuming these were also on his computer. Yeah. I, yeah. Who keeps letting this man have Wi-Fi access? <laughs> yeah, your, your Wi-Fi this access is, is revoked. This is a simple problem to yeah. a dis. <laughs> Simple problem with a simple solution. Just unplug this man, and and you're good to go. Look, if he he wants access to something digital again, he can go back and watch TV in a prison. Well, he was then sentenced again to three years and four months in prison, where he is now. Three years and Which, four months. Three years and four months. He could be getting out soon, because this is 2018 when this is happening. Yeah, I love that they're, so, love yeah. they're like, you know, let's just add one more year and, you know, just to be extra safe, <laughs> four months. I d- just really keep this be- man in prison. He- clearly, he's yeah. not capable of reform. He's clearly not being rehabilitated. You're just, you're just running around the same thing over and over again, but a little bit longer each time. Yeah. But you know how much that, and you have to keep giving people new identities like just be like look this is your last shot (laughs) Mm -hmm. no one will have to know who you are if you don't see anyone ever this would all what what is the first thing that john venables does guys i'm john venables (laughs) yeah all right That concludes the horrific murder of James Bulger. And again, we don't mean to make light of any of this situation. Um, We hope that this didn't trigger you too much. Um, I really hope that you guys are doing okay after this. Um, And I hope are, um, are making fun of the idiot that is John Venables cheered you up a bit. Why, like why is like hello why is he gonna be out again you want to tell me and i 2024 yeah, we're gonna see him on the news at again. this rate like he's gonna like walk out of prison they're just gonna hand him a computer wait two minutes and then just turn his ass back around he won't yeah, even it's like... he won't even leave the property <laughs> they can just walk him in a oh. circle and be like oh my god walk him in a circle he's gonna, like, you know, like, okay. touch the board for like one minute they're gonna be like all right it's time for john to go back <laughs> john's back up again he's like one of those round eight he... he's like oh my god i'm thinking of that scene in the umbrella academy where klaus leaves rehab and that dude's like see you in a little bit klaus yeah it's exactly like that that's the that's the vibe that this gives off, except i would never compare yeah. klaus to john and just be like John, I had to do this, but it's going to be three years and <laughs> five months this time. Oh my god. I, I guess. I like, oh are my his god. parents still like alive? James's parents? Yeah, no. Or John's parents. parents? I don't know. I'm assuming I yes. I feel bad for them. <laughs> Yeah, I would completely disown him. 
I would have disowned him back in 93. Me too. But even if you were like, okay, maybe he's just like uh, like an off-his-ass kind of kid. Maybe, like, with a little more education, it'll have, but, like, I don't know. By his, like, eighth time in prison for child pornography, I wonder, like... Yeah, I'm gonna... (laughs) I'm gonna draw the line right there. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Maybe they're just waiting until he hits, like, that that landmark four-year conviction. (laughs) Um, At this rate, he'll be, like, 80 by the time they get up to that. He'll have reached Golden State Killer levels of disgusting. He reached that at 10 years old. Correct. Correct. This is why I I don't trust 10 year olds. If you're a 10 year old listening to this, you shouldn't be. I'm telling your mom. Um, (laughs) And also, I don't trust you. Oh my god. All right. Well, before we offend anyone else that listens They're to the show, you it's can go. <laughs> no one who's 10 is listening like, to this. And if you are 10 and you're listening if you to are this, 10, stop. I'm behind you. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, we are going to be posting pictures of James and um and the i lost my train of thought right there we're going to be posting pictures of james his parents um as well as his horrific horrific murderers on the instagram at blood and guts pod you can follow us on twitter at blood underscore guts pod you can send us an email of whatever case you would want us to cover i mean you can dm us as well but um email kind of helps us to get more information that way um you can email us at bloodgutspod at gmail.com and the, <laughs> the PSA for today. Um, PSA, if you or anyone you know is having issues with a 10-year-old in your area, um, please send us an email if you would like me to send a strongly worded threatening email to the child or their parents. Um, and also, um, I don't know, send us your dogs. Yeah, yes, PSA, we will rank. Send dogs. dogs. Don't be 10. Have a good night. <laughs> Don't be 10. <laughs> oh my god. All right. It was nice to record again with you. I did miss you telling people to not be 10. Look, I like to keep it spicy. You know? Keep it spicy. Yeah, um, guts. Do proper things with your technology. Um, And I don't know. Stay away from. Like sending, do proper things with your yeah. technology, like sending us yeah, your dogs. Your dogs. That's a perfectly acceptable um, thing to do. And stay away from school zones if you are not or do not have a child. Um. All right, you. and <laughs> I'm gonna sign this off with um, "Keep it spicy." <laughs> Bye.